All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. Remember, the podcast is all about helping you find you within this health and fitness space. With there being so much information out there, good and bad, especially nowadays, it can definitely be overwhelming. Hell, I still get overwhelmed and I've been in this space for close to 10 years now. It's crazy, but when I started, I crawled and I slashed my way through a lot of BS out there, basically using myself as an experiment to find answers on how to better myself with my diets and with my workouts. I tried a lot of things that didn't work. I tried things that worked occasionally and things that got me injured. But all of those experiences is what has put me in front of this microphone today because I want to show you how to pursue and accomplish your goals without having to go through everything that I went through. Think of me as like the trial. I experimented on myself. I tried these different diets. I tried these different uh, exercise modalities and I really came to one conclusion. It's all independent and it all depends on what works best for you. And I think that's the hardest message to get across to people when they're starting this journey for the first time or even while they're in the journey and they start to get discouraged because they don't see results. I would follow things that I saw on bodybuilding.com or muscle farm back when that was a thing, thinking that if I wanted to achieve a certain look or a certain goal, this is what I had to do. This is what everyone was doing. So that's what I had to do. And I found out over the years that that's not true. That can get you a long way, sure, but it's so dependent on what you need as an individual. And so that's kind of the point of the podcast is to help you figure out what you need, basically based off of my experiences uh, from over the years. And hopefully that will help you formulate your opinion and, and what works best for you. So my current goal for the podcast is to get us to 25 star reviews. I think we're like around 11 or 12 now, which I'm so incredibly thankful for. But to help us get to 20, just go on your Apple podcast app or open up iTunes and search for the Find You Fitness podcast. Scroll all the way down, I think, and leave a five star review. It helps the podcast grow and I appreciate all the love. So without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. I weirdly got the idea for today's podcast episode because of talking to my landlord, who's he's older about lifting weights. He came to our house a few weekends ago and was taking some stuff out of the garage, and he saw my barbell and weights that I have here. And he gave me the classic story, and to be honest, the one I feel like only older people bring up, that I need to be careful because all of that heavy lifting is bad for my joints. And he's got some friends whom were just like me growing up. And now they've had so many shoulders or shoulder or knee surgeries that now they're to the point where they can't really do anything anymore. And mind you guys, I've heard this story for years. And in the back of my mind, I'm rolling my eyes as hard as I can at this conversation. But what I've learned in just a few years of dealing with the public is that getting angry or upset isn't going to accomplish anything. And that if I want to make a lasting impression on him or anyone, I'd have to give him a, a short and sweet example of just simply why that's not true, leave it at that, and hope that it sinks in with him on his ride home or at some random time in his life in the future. So when he said that, I replied with this. Well, what's most important is that you move well. And if you can move well without weights and then move well with weights, you're actually going to be in incredible health by the time you're older. And I just leave it at that. I see him once or twice a year. He's an older guy. 
He's not actively looking for advice or asking me for advice. So me preaching to him on how that's the most incorrect statement I've ever heard isn't going to do either one of us any good. And honestly, take this same concept and apply it to very popular topics in today's world. Just, I'm not going to go into it, but just open up your Facebook and and read some statuses and, and <laughs> apply this same concept to that. That's all I would have to say. Uh, but that whole conversation, it just got me thinking too on how my dad raised me in regards to lifting weights. He, just like my landlord, are both Southern guys who are pretty set in their ways and they don't really think much past what they've always known in a way. And that sounds kind of bad, but on some stuff, it can definitely be true. I think over the years, my dad has started to see how that's not true because of my experiences with uh, lifting weights and strength and that has come with it, as well as my mom's. And then me venturing into a profession that revolves around the importance of resistance training and a healthy lifestyle that I think that's also reshaped his opinions as well. I remember as a kid, he always told me that I needed to be really careful lifting weights and that I could really get hurt. And now he lifted weights growing up. Hell, they made their own metal weights growing up. It's kind of cool, actually. But damn, if they were still doing that now, they could make a killing off of it. Uh, especially with the prices of weights right now due to the pandemic. If you guys don't know anything about that, they have shot up and they're kind of coming back down still. But I think I want to say maybe they used to be like a dollar, one dollar, 25 cents a pound. Now it's like two dollars plus. Um, but it is what it is. The demand is there. So it's not that he discouraged it, but he definitely left an impression that I had to be really careful. And I know a lot of people thought and still think that kids shouldn't lift weights and that it'll stunt their growth or they will get hurt and all of this other mumbo jumbo. I had a friend who, when we were growing up together, he was lifting weights. Uh, he was like around the ages of 12 to 14, really earlier than anyone else I knew uh, that were lifting weights. He was the youngest one. And guess what? He was shorter than most of us. And obviously, I immediately correlated that to it was because he was lifting weights. I never, ever even considered until like several years down the road that both of his parents, his mom and dad are like five foot four. <laughs> so, so there is a ton, a ton of research out there supporting how resistant training does not stunt growth. And it's an old wise tale, just add it to the list. And it's just as bad as saying your knees can't travel past your toes in a squat or deadlifts are bad for your back. Just the list goes on and on. So let's take some time to talk about the process kids should go through in order to lift weights. And if I'm being honest, kids should not just immediately pick up a barbell and begin resistance training. But guess what? Neither should you the adult. See, what I'm about to say here applies to anyone, not just kids. You have to learn how to move well without resistance first. Kids in particular will have nearly full range of motion in every area of their body. And side note, over the next few weeks, we're going to get really nerdy with talking about how to assess and improve ranges of motion. I know I said that last week, but after this week, we're seriously getting into it and we're going to get into it deep. But kids will have nearly full range of motion everywhere. So this is actually great. If there's some topics or like some things I'm saying today that just don't make sense, 
listen to the next few weeks of podcast and then come back to this one and maybe it'll even click even more. But kids are going to nearly have full range of motion everywhere in every joint possible. If you look at look at little kids, they are just sitting in beautiful full squats with their butts pretty much touching the floor for like half an hour with ease. They don't even think about it. And we should all aim to be able to do that. And when I have kids one day, and you guys know how, I, you guys, I am not even playing when I say this. <laughs> you know how people take photos year by year to see how their child's grown? I'll be taking one year by year of them in a full squat just to see how it develops over time. I'm, not, I'm dead serious about this. That is like, I have one stipulation of having children. It's to take pictures every year of them in a full squat. I'm not kidding. We've got a we've got a family a uh, family member. I mean, might as well. I guess like an athlete at the box or a family, and they have their kids. They come to the gym while the parents work out, and he just sits in an astagrass squat for like 30, 45 minutes, playing on his playing on his uh, like iPad or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that is like. <laughs> That's so good. Never lose that. And I told his mom, I was like, Katie, never let this man or this kid lose the ability to do this. But just because kids have this incredible range of motion with body weight movements, it doesn't mean they have control. And that, my friends, is the difference between flexibility and mobility. Flexibility is the ability to get into these positions that utilize the fullest range of motion. Mobility is being able to control being in those positions. Theoretically, and we're going to dive into this more over the next few weeks, theoretically, if I can get into a position, that would mean I cannot get hurt, right? If I can get there, then how would I get injured? But that's not correct. And I, that's because I have to be in control of that position mobility and stability and strength are all playing a role in here. Think about a gymnast, someone that could get into a full split. They will still get injured and it's because they are flexible enough to get into these crazy ranges of motion, but they do not have strength and stability in these ranges of motion. And that's how they still get injured. If you could just be, if, if you just getting into a position means that you couldn't get hurt, then flexibility and mobility would mean the same exact thing. So with these kids, they typically lack stability in these end ranges and they are kids. So saying slow and controlled is just not a thing in their heads. Most likely they're developing uh, that you tell them to squat. They say, okay, I'll squat. It doesn't matter how they do it. They don't think about it like that, but if they want to resistance train, it has to be. So a really common question that people ask all the time, and I'm going to answer it for you right now, is when can my kids start lifting weights? And the answer is when they can demonstrate control and stability with these body weight movements like the air squat or the shoulder press or the bench press, etc. And once they demonstrate that control and stability and move well, of course, you can begin adding resistance. Now, obviously, just like you, the adult, you're going to start very, very light. The rules, they don't change here suddenly because we have a 12-year-old. And with that 15-pound training bar, 
they're going to have to demonstrate that control and stability to be able to progress and wait, just like you, the adult. Again, nothing changes here. We have a 12-year-old uh, kid at my box here in Port Orange who started probably like six to eight months ago, uh, like, I guess, getting more serious about CrossFit. He had done it in the past, but now he's been coming consistently three times a week uh, for the past several months, and the kid is killing it. But we are making him focus solely on technique and control no matter what he's doing. And I had him a few weeks ago for some tempo back squats. We had to do five sets of five, three seconds down, a two-second pause, and stand for every single rep. And they took a long time, let me tell you. And if at any point during those squats, he didn't stay control, stay in control for or like every millisecond on those squats, I would have made him go down and wait. And the same thing in Metcons or like the CrossFit part people are so accustomed to knowing. The best part about it, though, this is what makes them the best. Kids, they're so willing to listen if they want to do it, if they want to get better at it, opposed to the adult. The adult, especially coaching, is like, hey, this is what I need you to do. And they'll say, sure. You walk away. They go back to doing what they want to do. You tell a 12-year-old that, say, hey, this is what I need you to do. That's all he's going to focus on if you if you have him bought into you. And that's like, that's how you groom a freaking athlete right there, let me tell you. But and, and that's the best part about it is he's so willing to listen. And if he spends two years of just keeping it so light and focusing on this technique, he's going to be moving better than 80% of or 90% of the population very, very soon and much stronger at a much younger age. He's going to be leaps and bounds above kids of his, of his age. So hopefully this is starting to make more sense in regards to how and why kids should be weightlifting. And most kids are into sports. And they want to do whatever it takes to improve in their sport. And I'll tell you guys this. If you have a kid who wants to pursue a sport, get them into weightlifting. I don't care what sport they play. The power, speed, and strength that you gain from this will carry over 10 times, 1 billion over to their sport. One, because resistance training is going to develop power, speed, and strength, all things that are needed in sports. Two, because 90% of his teammates and opponents won't be doing it because their parents are still going to think that it's bad for them. And if they want to get good at their sport, then they need to play that sport. And when you take that statement on the surface level, the logic is there. But from a, perform from a performance standpoint, it's not. No matter how much skill one sport takes, if that's all you do, you will not be well-rounded athletically. College coaches, and seriously, get look into this. College coaches, they want their kids in multiple sports. They're potential athletes because each sport is going to require a little something different. And when you can carry over those skills from other sports to your main sport, you're going to stand out. And this does include weightlifting. The last thing that I want to bring up about this topic is the injury risk in weightlifting versus field sports. Again, there's this myth out there that like weightlifting is so dangerous. And the truth is, is it is if you do it incorrectly. But so is anything, right? <laughs> I guess it's amplified because it's a lot of weight you have on you or under you. But actually, the injury risk in field sports is significantly higher. And part of that is because of the sport itself. And part of that is how one-sided athletes 
become inabilities because they only play one sport, especially nowadays, and are constantly training in the same way and the same paths and the and the same planes. And that's leaving a huge leaving a huge space for potential weaknesses uh, in their game. And learning weightlifting, here's the deal. Learning weightlifting is complicated. And that is probably one of the biggest things that turns people away. Being able to apply unique adjustments to individuals based off of their body type and abilities is part of what makes this stuff so complicated. Not to mention the technique involved or the elegance of programming. And unfortunately, schools, mostly high schools, where most kids lift weights, the schools do not find this as important of a focus and will let any old high school teacher who's lifted weights before coach these classes. Now, I'm not saying that some aren't great because I know some that are great, uh, but most are not. And the emphasis that should be placed on weightlifting resistance training and kids, not just for your athletes. Here's the deal. If I could set this up any way I wanted and, you know, money wasn't a problem or I, all I cared about was developing athletes and human beings for the rest of their lives, I would have it to be required for kids to do weightlifting to some degree. And we will have a class that's dedicated so solely towards longevity and functionality. We would have a class that's dedicated to more advanced version of that. And we would have a class dedicated towards sport. All right. And the sport class is still going to have a huge fo focus on longevity and functionality because 95% of those athletes aren't going to go play uh, at the next level when they leave high school. So the, the level of potential impact that you could have on people by getting them into resistance training, not just for like having bigger muscles or looking a different way or performing in a sport, the, the level of impact that you could have on just longevity, living a long and healthy life and moving well for your entire life, that would literally solve so many issues that we have in today's world. I was speaking to a friend uh, the other day and she's 25 and it's kind of the, I, I, I kind of realized I'm, I'm getting to the point where my friends who don't work out are getting older, like, and starting to feel the aches and pains that they say is associated with when you get older. Now, it's associated with it if you don't exercise or practice good health and, and aim for that longevity. But I'm starting to see that those people are starting to feel bad, their back starting to hurt or their neck is starting to hurt already. And they're 25, 27, right under 30 years old. And it's mind blowing to me because I'll never be able to live a life where I think that is normal because it's not normal. But if you have never experienced anything other than what your mom and dad went through, as far as, as you get older, you just develop these aches and pains, then you're just going to think that's normal. <laughs> and it's so weird. I was talking to a friend and she was saying how she has this low back pain and she's been going to her doctor and this and that. And I was like, girl, look into some alternative care. Are you been, have you been exercising? Have, you should get into, uh, find a trainer in the area. And I sent her one that I thought would be good. Or if you think it's bad enough, go to a physical therapist and let's get some MRI. Let's get some imaging on this. You're way too young to be experiencing serious pain because you've got a long ways left in your life. 
And you should be making it a priority to address this now before it gets even worse. So there you have it, folks. Should kids be weightlifting? Absolutely. Are there prerequisites to weightlift? Absolutely. If these kids are not demonstrating full control in their body weight movements, then they're not ready for a barbell yet. Now, if you can coach them and teach them how, hey, when you get into the bottom of your squat, I want you to go nice and slow and control. Own every bit and ounce of that squat and then stand up nice and slow with control. When they do that and they start to understand and connect the dots and know what you mean, then you can give them a barbell and say, hey, we're gonna do the same thing, except you have a little bit of weight you're holding on to this time. And if you guys can train your kids or your future kids or anyone, any kid like that, they will be very strong and very healthy and live for a very, very long time. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Next week, like I said, I'm serious. We're getting nerdy. We're talking ranges of motion. We're talking how to attack, how to tackle poor ranges of motion via different principles that I'm going to use as a chiropractor and how I just believe that the way that I address it is kind of, oh man, I hate to say this, but it kind of is the way. Uh, There's a lot of different ways you can do my way. And I think that's kind of what makes it more open to everyone, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. Let's just talk about it then. I will catch you all next week.